Obesity is not a choice, it's actually a metabolic disease. The good news is that it's a disease that can be treated, and when it is treated medically or surgically, patients live longer and healthier lives. Joining me today to discuss obesity and treatment options is Dr. Adrian Dan. He's a bariatric surgeon at Summa Health. This is Healthy Vitals, a podcast from Summa Health. I'm Scott Webb. Doctor, thanks so much for joining me today. We're talking about obesity. So I'd like to have you just start by defining the terms. How do we define obesity? With regards to obesity, it's had various definitions through the years, but over the last few decades, it has become more more consistent. And uh, typically, it's based not just on a person's weight, but on their weight related to their height, or what's called the body mass index, BMI. And class 1 obesity begins at BMI of 30 to 35, um, and over 40 is what we refer to as morbid obesity, and over 50 BMI is what we refer to as super morbid obesity. And is BMI something that we can measure ourselves, or do we really need to see a doctor for that? Uh, nobody really needs to see a doctor for that specific calculation. There's various calculators available online. And also this information, the weight and the height um, are easily and readily available to everyone and readily available to doctors. And that's why it's so commonly utilized. But uh, one thing that I think that is important to underscore here is that obesity, excess weight, and various other conditions are really the same disease and the same condition with different manifestations. So we have to look beyond just the weight, beyond just the BMI. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, that that's a good place to start, but there's more to completing that picture. And when we talk about obesity, doctor, is it technically or medically speaking a disease? There's no doubt that obesity is a disease. In 1998, the World Health Organization deemed it to be a, a epidemic. In 2013, the CDC declared it a disease, and it seems like the right thing to do. A lot of people suffering from conditions related to, to this root condition. But over the past few years, we have been able to gather irrefutable scientific evidence and proof of the dysfunctions in the body. They make it a disease no different than any other condition, such as a thyroid problem or cancer or any other uh, condition that we refer to as as a disease. And I'll tell you, Scott, one of the biggest hurdles that we're facing right now, before we even talk about what the treatments for obesity can do. Before we even talk about any of that, we have to get over the hurdle uh, of living with the premise that obesity is a choice or an act or a behavior. All too often, we see obesity as a condition that has social consequences rather than medical consequences. And unfortunately, we portray it many times as a character flaw, a willpower issue, a discipline issue. And it turns out that we couldn't have been further from the truth. You know, I think that's so true. And I think that uh, like with many things, there probably is a lot of mental stigma about obesity in terms of the obese, you know, dealing with it and really understanding, you know, kind of how they got there. And with everybody else understanding, as you say, that it's not a behavior, it's not a choice, right? Absolutely. So the stigma, the prejudice, the bias against not individuals with obesity, but those seeking treatment for it is is highly pervasive in our society. And that's the first thing that we have to put aside. This is no different than people who think that the, that the earth is still flat. Uh, when you look at the evidence that I, that I cited earlier and mentioned, uh, for example, um, there are very sophisticated labs 
throughout the world that are conducting research on obesity, identifying that the GI hormones, the peptides, and the communication between the, our GI tract and our brain is highly different in patients with obesity. Even the bacteria, what we call the microbiota, the bacteria that lives in our GI tracts is very different. We've even been able to look at the way that the brain perceives food and responds to food with, with, with pleasure stimuli. And we see all these things, amongst many others, to be very different in patients with obesity. And what's even more interesting is that when these measurable parameters are looked at after bariatric surgery, they all change. So while bariatric surgery is not able to change your genetics, we have found it to be a highly, highly effective tool in changing the metabolic dysfunctions that lead to obesity. And I'll tell you, I'll have patients a year after surgery coming to my office on the way to the gym in their workout clothes uh, with pictures of things they never thought they'd ever do again, um, just thrilled about having their life back. And I can promise you that I did nothing to their discipline. There's no such thing as a discipline button. But what we did do is we did fix the metabolic dysfunction that leads to obesity, diabetes, and fatty liver disease, amongst many other things. Again, the same disease with different manifestations. That is really cool. Uh, so so awesome that you can help people. And I do want to get to the surgical and non-surgical options. But before we get there, uh, what other health complications or implications are there for obesity? First and foremost, I think people all know that that um, obesity can lead to diabetes, high blood pressure, gastroesophageal reflux, obstructive sleep apnea, high cholesterol. And Scott, the list goes on and on. I could sit here for the next 10 minutes and read a list of the 229 conditions that have been linked in some way or another to obesity. But those are the, the big ones that really erode at, at people's health. And at the end of the day, they decrease their lifespan. So whether it's medical weight loss or surgical weight loss, it's important to, to realize that obesity really can affect your health and taking care of the obesity will also lead to the resolution of many of those conditions um, and putting them in remission. But in addition to that, newer data shows that resolution of obesity, whether it's through medical or surgical means, can lead to preventative aspects to your health. For example, in women who undergo bariatric surgery and are morbidly obese, they actually cut their cancer risk by 50%. And my, our listeners have heard me right. I'm going to repeat it, 5-0%. The rate of stroke, heart attack, congestive heart failure mortality, atrial fibrillation, development of kidney disease, all are cut by substantial numbers, anywhere from 33 to 70%. Those are some amazing numbers of 50% and 33 to 70, and you said 229 of that list could be uh, really um, amazing. And so let's get to the surgical and medical options for the obese. If you're consulting with a patient, where do you start with them? So by the time that a patient has seen me as a bariatric surgeon, they've already tried numerous diets with their primary care physician. Uh, when people are affected and they're lively, Hoods. their quality of life is ravaged by obesity. By the time they see us, this is not a wake-up call. This is something they've been dealing with for years. We 
perform bariatric surgery. I've done so uh, with the minimally invasive approaches uh, here at Summa Health System for nearly 20 years. We also have one of the most robust obesity medicine centers. And both the aspects of treating obesity, whether it's through medical means, with diet and exercise, sometimes medication, or with surgical are important. But the literature overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly shows that obesity surgery is by far the most effective way to obtain long-term resolution of obesity and the associated comorbid conditions. And I think everyone is in agreement with that, including our obesity medicine doctors who complement what we do and support the patients, not just for the portion before surgery and immediately after, but for the rest of their lives to ensure that the tool that's in place can be utilized to maintain that weight loss and those health benefits for decades to come. It's so great that there are medical and surgical options, and the surgical option, you know, can be so life-changing, so game-changing, and great that people have a support system in place, you know, before, during, and well after the surgery. That's that's really amazing. As we wrap up here today, Dr. Dan, and thank you so much for your time, a little off script, but are people suffering from obesity at higher risk for COVID-19 complications? Absolutely. So the data is still early and preliminary. We have identified a few things that tend to make people more susceptible to having a bad outcome after COVID-19 infection. There's a lot of insurers out there that don't feel that weight loss surgery or metabolic surgery to resolve diabetes and these conditions that we mentioned is um, a part of the, of the comprehensive healthcare package that some patients should get. But now we've seen that it's a tremendously important um, portion of somebody's overall healthcare uh, armamentarium. In addition to that, with the COVID-19 crisis, we've seen that obesity, diabetes, hypertension, and age are the main factors that lead to poor outcomes after infection. Now, age, we've all admitted and have to come to the realization we can't do much about that, but obesity, diabetes, and hypertension are treatable. And it's also important, we mentioned at the beginning, that the, the one thing we have, to, we have to eradicate is a pervasive notion that, that this is a choice. And when we tell people that this is their choice and their behavior alone that's leading to this, they'll stop seeking the help that is so important to improve their overall health. People are also sometimes also concerned about the safety of the operations. I always say, if you think of bariatric and metabolic surgery as potentially unsafe, boy, you've got to take another look at what we're doing today because things have changed tremendously. Uh, and data from the CMS, uh, obesity surgery with a, with a gastric bypass or a gastric sleeve has been shown to actually be safer than an average gallbladder surgery or an average hysterectomy or an average hip replacement. And in patients with diabetes, those who have the condition, it's safer than all of those or even safer than an appendectomy. And lo and behold, that's the operation that actually cures diabetes, and it's the safest of all of them. So those are the things we have to keep in mind, and COVID-19 is just another reminder of how, how much those conditions that are related to obesity can affect your overall health. 
Absolutely. And thanks so much for your time today, doctor, for your time, your expertise and understanding. It's really helped me to understand a little bit better and really especially to know that obesity is a disease. And like many diseases, it is treatable, of course, but people have to seek the treatment. And whether they're dealing with the the stigma or prejudice, whatever they're dealing with, whatever's holding them up, basically in the end, what we want them to do is to seek medical advice, treatment, possibly leading to the surgical options, the very safe surgical options that we've discussed today. So thanks so much, Dr. Dan, and you stay well. Thank you, Scott, and we're here to support those patients along their entire journey, whether they're interested in medical or surgical weight loss options, and uh, we're going to do that in a a compassionate and non-judgmental way, and we're looking forward to taking care of anybody who needs our services. Thank you, Scott. Thanks again, Dr. Dan. For more information or to book an appointment, to visit sumahealth.org. If you found this podcast helpful and informative, please share it on your social channels and check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Healthy Vitals, a podcast from Suma Health. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.